You're listening to the Black Box Music Podcast with Brian and Nick, where we're talking to artists about what it's like to get your music heard in the ever-changing music industry, Uh, how it is to use tools like social media and other platforms as an independent artist in a changing music business. Today we sit down with brothers Miles and Kyle, twin brothers from the band Night. Dallas, Texas-based by way of Winnipeg, Manitoba, the brothers sit down and tell us a bit about their early rock and roll influences and how they became the danceable electronic duo that they are today. Their new album, Sleepless Out Now, we'll hear more from the guys right here. Hello, we're Knight. This is Miles and Kyle here. We're uh, Cleopatra Records recording artists. We just put out an album called Sleepless and put out a few singles. And instead of touring, we're doing some uh, live streaming events. And yeah, so we're twin brothers. We make synth pop, electronic rock music. And yeah, this is great. You're, you're twin brothers. We, we, we had this debate before the call. Are you brothers? Yeah. Just I was like, dude, these style. guys are twins for sure. But funny enough, uh, we, we do that live for people who are seeing us for the first time. I always ask the audience, you know, for those who are wondering, we're twins. And kind <laughs> <of make it laughs> That's really great. So where are you guys? A- where do you guys hail from, if you will? What part of the world are you in right now? Well, we pride ourselves that we are Canadian. We're from Winnipeg, Manitoba, but we live in Dallas, the city of Dallas. Oh, excellent. So. Okay. Wow. Okay. More you know what? I, I oh, oddly so have a um, I have an experience with Winnipeg, Manitoba. Really? I'm actually interested I, in hearing that. If that's cool. I, I, it was actually one of the greatest times of my life. I played the Burton Cummings Theater. Isn't uh, that... Um, I can't remember the singer. The Guess Who. He's the lead singer of the yeah. Guess Who, and they gave him his own theater because he hails from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He does. He's Fantastic. also, I, I believe that Jack Black took a lot from Burton Cummings. So if people are Oh, I didn't Burton realize Cummings. Jack Black was I mean, even Canadian. Well, I don't think he's Canadian. I just, I'm just saying, like, if you listen to, like, Jack Black sing. Oh, sonically. Got it. If, if you uh. hear Jack Black sing and then you hear Burton Cummings sing, I, I think that there's uh, some oh. similarities there. <laughs> okay, yes, I will have to check that out. Um, well, cool. Well, okay, keep going in your story. So you're from Dallas. You're in the scene there. Um, you released a few records. What do you got coming up? Well, we we're doing some live streams to support the record. We're we're currently rebooking a tour that got wiped out from the COVID, and mm-hmm. then we had a national tour planned in October. So we're probably looking to just rebook a lot and maybe also focus most of our efforts online. Cool. I got a question for you guys. Let me let's see a little bit more background about about you you as a as a group or the sound that you guys are going for. Where did you, where did you come up with that sound, and what influenced you guys to to go down that road? I, I would say our original uh, influence may have just been dance music. Uh, when we first moved to the United States, or at least Dallas, Texas, uh, there was this electronic dance music radio station that was nonstop, no commercials. It was short lived, huh. but uh, we listened to a, a lot of that. And I think I was super curious how the music was created because you know our first exposure to music period were bands like Queen and Kiss and Cheap Trick. Uh, so, you know, we, we definitely knew how that music was created with guitars and drums and stuff like that. But uh, I was really curious to see like how that music was created. And slowly but surely, you know, we kind of discovered, you know, 80s new wave bands like Depeche Mode, New Order, and how they cool. kind of combined, you know, traditional rock elements and uh, also it's electronic and dance. 
kind of mm-hmm. like pop songwriting along with different instrumentation and sounds and stuff. Yep. So it's cool. You guys are twins. So yeah. I assume you were living together, migrated to the U.S. together, yeah. had the same musical taste. Did you guys like end up like growing up playing music from a young age, or was it something that you guys kind of um, you know started experimenting with once you know you were teenagers? Like where did the where did you find that you guys are brothers and you can make something musical? Well, actually, I mean since we were like kids, we dreamed of starting a band. Like our, our heroes were like the guys from Kiss. And we, we had Kiss action figures and we would play with them. And you know, we, we always nice. dreamed of being in a band. And then finally, when we started picking up guitars around 12 years old, we started a band. And it's actually, it, it doesn't sound much different than what we're doing today. It, it was still inspired by the same groups. It was heavily electronic and then also have you know, a lot of rock elements in there. So really not much has changed. It's, it's, it's almost like as it was, in the fabric of our lives like, mm-hmm. it just, it it's just evolved but hasn't changed yeah hey um so in that and that how do you guys perform live then so walk us through what that's like is it the two-piece you guys do two or do you bring other people you know we did start out as a duo uh but primarily we actually we get drummers uh involved actually specifically for this album we have a drummer phil helms uh and he's kind of quite known in the area because he played in the band The Vanished that also kind of had an, a national following back in the day. But uh, he, he's kind of now our primary drummer. And uh, because of his talent, we've actually recorded him for this record. So we actually have a lot more live instruments and less programming on this current record for Sleepless. Oh, cool. Very cool. It's a trio. So yeah, no, li- live drums ma- makes uh, makes the, the, the live show experience usually come... Yeah, it's always uh, a bummer. Come alive. When, you know, a lot of touring artists, it's a, it's a struggle to get out there in the first place because it costs so much money. But I've seen time and time again, a lot of people just end up siding with no drummer and it kind of comes off like karaoke sometimes. Yeah. And I can't hate totally. on them because I know how hard it is to get out there. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's super hard to put a band together and then behave on the road with everybody. You know, it's like, it's, it's almost impossible. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, and plus there's usually no money in it in the early days. So like, the difference between getting in a Honda Civic with two people and having to rent a van because you need drums and you know it's it's a big difference cost wise too. Oh yeah, so I I can't blame them. I understand that, but at the same time, you know, we're just trying to we we love the live experience. Like again, you know, we're we're big classic rock fans. You know, we, I love the fact of having that live energy behind us. That's so, really cool. I got a question for you. Was there a record that you guys that really meant a lot to you? Um, and maybe, you know, would be, would you could tie into the sound and direction of the band? Is there like any one particular record that you can think of? Well, no, like you're talking about influence. Yeah. Just influence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well I, I guess for us, oh man, I guess there's a lot to choose from, but I'm going to try to in my head, you know, cause I feel like we like to think of ourselves kind of like i don't know like a modern pet shop boys new order mm-hmm. the cure kind of thing but like if i go back to like a record man that's it's hard to pick i guess you it's know, hard to pick one that's a very would, challenging question you know, yeah. I, challenging. The, record, the record that we have out currently i can't say that i can pull out one single record but i feel like certain songs really mm-hmm. you know drove us to write like even as early like like doobie brothers uh what's that song called again listen uh, to the music 
what a fool believes i do like listening to the music but what a fool believes in particular mm-hmm. was it, like i just love that you know pop sensation but you but know the what michael I, mcdonald I, hell yeah yeah I, you know what i have a, I, an answer in excess kick that great was, album I, yeah so I, I would say that that would be like as an entire album from front to cover or back front to back i would say that album inspired this album a lot okay. that's really cool I like remember, remember that time you know when i was a kid i like to think back that that is a difficult question that was very well answered but also like what was the record you know there's this time when you're a kid when like rock stars i, I had the same experience with you and kiss uh, my cousin tommy would sneak me all their vinyl i never even heard a kiss song i just loved their devil devil vibe and I, you know i was like it's you know an eight-year-old or something and my mom took all the records away from me because she thought it was devil music so it wasn't even until like i was a teenager that i realized God, kiss doesn't have one cuss word or like anything really dirty on any other songs you know and uh but it was jane's addiction nothing shocking when i was like in the seventh grade and that first came out and a friend that record is what made me think holy crap there's still rock gods out there you know or whatever um i don't know if i necessarily feel the same way about the record now i still think it's cool but it was the part of my life that i was like i'm so you know it was a turning point for you music the turning point for me musically absolutely so is there one of those for you guys yeah actually now that he kind of put it in that light you know funny enough brian you are actually a part of that musical journey for miles and i with the whole post-punk revival you know i I feel like that to me made me realize man this is rock music today right on well thanks man you know obviously you were louis the 14 and and the killers and that whole movement in that time that early millennium time i feel like uh that to me you know kept the candle going for rock music Dude, appreciate I, I, that, man. I, I, would, I would attribute that time period for us more so than 80s music inspired us. You know, I, I think a lot of people think, oh, man, you guys sound 80s. Well, like, you know, really, our, our heroes was the post-punk revival. I mean, Kyle already listed you guys, the killers, and also, I mean, uh, the hives, the strokes. I mean, the list mm. goes on. Franz Ferdinand, mm-hmm. I mean, all those bands. It was a, a great time for music, the early 2000s. Yeah. It really was. Oh, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of energy during that time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so, great, uh, Let's jump into how you guys think about social media and releasing music and doing all that stuff. So let's let's start with social media. How do you guys yeah, and think first about off, Insta- this? This music just came out April seventeenth, and yes, you're sir. starting to leak it on uh, social media right now. So yeah, go ahead, Nick. Yeah. So there you go. So there's there's maybe one thing you can talk about. So when when you think about Instagram what are your general thoughts and how do you guys use it for the art, for the band? Man, uh, you know, Instagram could really be a place for just complete vanity. Uh, it's, it's really hard to, you know, uh, everybody thinks they're famous on there, you know? Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't say that we use it any differently. I, I would like to, I wish I had the answers for that, but, uh, you know, for the way we use it, uh, you know, with our Instagram stories, uh, I feel like as we're, we're very much different characters on the Instagram story versus how we are on just post. You know, I feel like Miles and I, our, our, our true uh, humor shows in the stories, but on a post, we're always kind of promoting shows, albums, uh, you know, promotional photography that kind of goes along with, you know, singles that are coming out or shows that we're doing. 
So I, I guess I, hopefully that answers your question correctly. But yeah, totally. You Kinda, use it more I mean, as there's a promotional no tool, marketing yeah, tool. Yeah, no, there's no wrong answer. It's just, I guess, like you know, what we do, usually drill into is to see, okay, like, well, how organized are you guys doing it on a daily basis, weekly basis? What are your expectations uh, from likes and comments? Do you some people? I think you know we could talk about it, but like, usually the way to the best way to do it is just you make content that you like and you share that with your audience and um, you know, that, you know, you just keep putting stuff out while in between your guys's tours and record releases and stuff like that. I guess if you know, there's like, if, if I can think of it like tricks to the trade, like for us, like we think that for us, it seems to work better if we post earlier type deal. Like there's a lot of things like that. Uh, you know, also just, trying your best to post the best content that you have i mean mm -hmm. you know you have to have a, a zillion photos to pick from and you know it's a constant grind totally you, know, you, you got to take 100 photos and you maybe you'll post 30 or 40 of them but you you do need to post very often because you're trying to scream scream above the noise there's just there's people who are not even writing music or anything they they just they want to show off that they had a cup of coffee that morning yeah, and, you know, <laughs> and that's the thing. Know, that's why it's it's still an unknown for musicians. You know, we take the lessons in, like these quote unquote influencers, or yeah, the, there's these daily minute people of here's what I had for breakfast. But you know, there's something about like an attention economy that's out there that, you know, I was talking to an artist the other day on the phone, and he made a really interesting point to me. He's like, you know, I man, it's hard being an artist on social media. He's all because you can't you can't necessarily be a, a superstar as an artist first, but you could be a social media influencer, do a yeah. song and become an artist. And I was like, you know what, that's interesting, but you know, how do we flip that page? Or, you know, how do we flip that script, so to speak? Um, I think, you know, you, you have to be more than the music. You gotta be a personality. I think that you kind of have to create your own 100%. culture. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, I think Billy Corgan has said it, you know, back before you know bands were brands i think more so than ever we have to be brand branded mm -hmm. yeah i mean if you think about it really what what instagram and you know any of those platforms are doing is just it's just creating like a whole different way of 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 having um the character that used to get created by magazines and mtv and live shows you know like it was artists were able to stay much farther away from, from their fans. And that seemed to work, you know, but the medium just didn't exist that you could do these daily moments down to your coffee in the morning. Right. <laughs> um, but the expectation now is full trip, full, full view of at least of a portion of your life. You know, um, when you guys are thinking about like record releases, I know you mentioned that you're, that you're, put this latest one out on um cleopatra, cleopatra records so what's the strategy there that you guys went through on that release or are going through yeah uh you know the strategy for this one i mean you know we're, we're kind of still growing you know miles and I try, we're, we're trying to both figure out the whole marketing aspect of our brand but with this one I think it really, as simple as it sounds it kind of really just stemmed from better songwriting better production from the last one uh Oh, actually, oh, I mean, are you talking about like as far as like what's the difference between like how we're marketing this album now or like what's like, like, what, yeah, what's what, what, the difference between you guys putting it out yourselves as opposed to putting it out with Cleopatra? I would say that the nice thing with working with Cleopatra is that they're connected. So 
because Cleopatra is a larger orga- larger organization than ourselves alone, we get to work with people in the marketing team with the orchard and we get mm-hmm. inside advice on how to you know utilize and ignite our social media pages mm-hmm. so really they have they have departments they have a obviously a di- so distribution they have a distribution channel for you um yeah. they might have like a little pr route you say um getting yeah. some marketing behind it that's cool this is all good but it's, a, it's so, a very, so i was gonna say like they're, very, they're just very hands-off in a sense where like we are very independent still like they're not like you guys need to dress this way or sound this way. It, it definitely yeah. feels like we almost still are a DIY band. They just kind of support us here and there where they can. Got it. And so they have, you have, they have resources that you can tap into in some way. Like you're, you're, you're mentioning that there's somebody in there who can give you advice on social media and how to, how to run that. Yeah. Gotcha. So, it, That's it, very it, cool. It is very helpful, especially for uh, dudes like Kyle and I, we, we're not a fan of social media. It's just like the thing we have to do to be even a thing on the planet. We wouldn't be on the radar if we weren't on social media. Oh yeah. It's the necessary evil. Love it or hate it. You have to have it without a doubt. Um, what do you guys think about videos, long form versus short form and, uh, you know, more like full on production music videos. We're a band that we have tons of music videos. I feel like, you know, I don't know. We have, we, put out three or four per album and and they're all different like we have some friends who are super professional and they do quality commercial work with big companies like pizza hut and then they'll be fans of our band and make music videos for us and so we have the high intensity big budget videos and then we have the really homemade diy i think i don't know i guess you have to play to the song you have to play to the charm of what your budget is totally for me i Sometimes I, 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 I kind of ask myself this question, you know, how, how much how much is a music video or promotional video really saves people? Uh, sometimes I feel like it might be better for bands to kind of save some of that money on a promotional video to put into, you know, maybe promotional ads on Facebook or something like that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good way to think that the devil's advocate there is that you just never know, you know, like, um walk the moon story is that they made a video and it got picked up it just happened to go viral and that that was the how they got their start well that's how they got their brand um, right with the whole face paint and everything that's cool. that was that was part of it but it really was just that a couple bloggers picked it up and shared it around you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i don't then they didn't know it was going to be like that they just did something and just happened to you know it's like most people will tell you you can't plan virality right yeah but um but yeah so i mean sure i think it's it's about awareness of of you who you know and what you think you can accomplish because mm-hmm. on the other side of it a bad video also sucks you know like if it's cheesy and not that cool you know it almost could hurt your brand a little bit versus i mean i don't think that every band in the world needs to have this super like hollywood music video i think Mm-mm. lo-fi is kind of oh, no. cool i just think if For you're sure. a character if you're a personality like we were saying before with social media like build the world of who you are and if if you have this cool music video it could be lo-fi but man if it's edited well enough and your personality really comes through on it, it it might be really adored by maybe your small fan base and maybe it will help you grow yeah i mean that's think of point. the okay go video when they're on the the treadmills like that's 
pretty damn lo-fi. All they did was choreograph something. It wasn't okay. really much there. I mean, that, that yeah, was... there's no Michael could, Bay explosions or... <laughs> they know, went the, there. <laughs> they eventually went there. <laughs> yeah, but, they did eventually go there. Personalities shined, you know, through that music video. They, they probably put, you know, just as much creativity as other bands would money on a music video. Yeah. For sure. It's like, sometimes, that, I mean, if you have the idea, that's great. I mean, some people don't have the idea and they kind of needed to just kind of fluff things out and mm-hmm. you know, do like a really mm-hmm. a well, a really good album. budget for a video it, it you know that could be crippling to to independent artists you know i i actually work with a band that instead of doing they went you know they're not good at creating their own videos no one in the no one in the band runs a video camera and, and final cut pro um so they had to hire a video director the guy wanted 10 grand to do a, a music video but instead, uh, everybody decided to just go with, let's make 10 one-minute videos, all different vibes. And then it's for all 10 of the tracks on the album that they're promoting. So, you know, every week or two, they can come out on social media with this one-minute video. But it's like, you know, production kind of style, but it's very short. It's a very short kind of video if that makes sense yeah, yeah so 10 cool 10 mini videos as opposed to one big video yeah well have you oh go on sorry oh no i was gonna you keep going i was gonna change subjects to tiktok but but oh yeah I mean, finish yeah, up there it's yeah because i mean i guess we can even segue this idea into tiktok that you know people's attention spans number one maybe shorter and tiktok mm-hmm. videos are like what like 30 seconds to a minute i'm not even sure but you know, if you blow all your money on that, then, I mean, what are you going to do after that? You put out a video, so what? You know, there's a million videos out there. So Absolutely. So plan on a budget, like what's realistic, that's, you know, that was just what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. No, I mean, I think, I think cool. that it's changing. I think there's always going to be a place for great art if you think about video as art. I always love, I mean, I think film in general is like one of the most interesting mediums because you take visual storytelling audio and you know it's like all of it into one right whereas music is broken off on just the auditory and you know when we got tiktok though it's an interesting like we always ask artists if they're jumping on that because it just really depends on on their fan base and where their fan base is at if they want to do dance routines to to your particular music or not yeah we, um, we, we took to tiktok but we're trying to you know i feel like we're trying to explore our sense of humor you know we're not taking it seriously to the extent of like oh like let's create a dance video and hope it goes viral i just think we're just trying to be ourselves to the platform because the platform is very alien to kyle and i mm-hmm. nice if you check what it out a- you're just gonna see hot dog videos just kind of like- <laughs> What's a what's a highlight for you guys so far as a as a band? Yeah, one of the biggest moments yet. Man, we actually had the opportunity to open up for man a lot of our heroes. I mean, we went on a a couple of Texas dates with Midyear, who who's the lead singer of Ultravox, and uh, oh Russell. no way, Vienna yeah, he, Ultravox. Yes, the Vienna Ultravox. He's the guy. He performed it every night, and it was cool to see him sing it. Wow, that's so he crazy. He also introduced us to Rusty Egan, and uh, I'm not too sure if you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also, you know, got to open up for a flock of seagulls, Modern English, Howard Jones. Burnham, nice. Uh, what was that uh, big top 40s group that we got to open up for? Clean Bandit. Yeah. The Griswolds. Wow. 
you know, obviously Miles and I, we, we kind of have, you know, electronic, retro, kind of dance, indie rock vibe. In Dallas, Texas, that's not really too much of a thing here. So when mm. those bands come into town, you know, we get so, we kind of get thought of first to be, you know, openers. And gotcha. That's great. That's great. You guys are a, a kind of a big fish in a small lake or something. I don't know. How's the uh, how's the Dallas like me? When I was two or three there, it was like all about Deep Ellum. Is that still? Yeah, like the area, like Trees Lounge and all that still yeah. there. As far as local bands go, like Deep Ellum is it's getting it's it's actually I would say it's it's on the rise. Yeah, it really died for a while because of crime. It was empty. Like when we first started playing shows there, nobody was there. It was a ghost town, and then now it's it's just like Sixth Street in Austin, just a little smaller. That's great because yeah, it was it was booming like at the end of the '90s and the beginning of the 2000s. Yep. And then I went back there with Louie, and it was still cool, but it was kind of like dead, dead and down, you know. It, it and everybody said there was like a lot of gang violence and stuff yep. over there. Yeah, that's it was crazy. Bad. And now it's it, it's it's kind of becoming commercialized in a sense. A lot of restaurants are opening up now, so you know it's kind of like. I don't know. It's it's not. It's it's maybe fifty fifty restaurant and then venue where it used to be more venues. So oh, I, I thought you meant fifty fifty restaurants and fifty fifty crime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's almost like you know the music's being taken away a little bit, but I I mean people are going out to shows there, so it doesn't look like it's going to die off. Hey, you guys mentioned um, you know speaking of live and the fact that we're recording this during the COVID crisis. You mentioned earlier in our call that you are about to do some live shows. I think that's tonight, um, right? Aren't you guys doing one tonight? Yeah. We're doing a live stream tonight. Yeah. That's great. Okay, cool. What platform and how are you guys going to be organizing that? And what are you thinking around that? Well, this time we're, do, we're actually doing it for this, uh, I guess, I guess, it's a charity thing, actually. So it's, it's, a, it's called Art Conspiracy here in Dallas. And they benefit a lot of artists. Like they'll, they'll sell like paintings and they'll help local artists out. Um, but it's on their website. Yeah, it's. I think it's like artcon.org. Uh, Kyle's bringing it up right now. But yeah, so mm-hmm. it'll, we'll be doing it for them. I guess yeah, they're like a non-profit uh, type deal. Is it on like, are they using Twitch or is it Instagram Live or what's the platform? Um, you know, so we're actually streaming to them. So we're using, you know, a software called OBS just for anybody who's interested. But we're, we're going to go through their website artcon.org slash live so oh that's know. where you'd view it up. i think they're able to put it on facebook too so from what i saw they've had the video on facebook but i think it's uh they're somehow porting that so it's gonna, it's gonna live though still after it's live right like it'll take yeah, live tonight believe, but you'll be able to share it and stuff it's gonna live on their website because i've seen some uh, uh, previous events so artcon.org slash live and are you going to do that with the drummer or is you going to do it the two of you guys? Man, that's the unfortunate thing. So, yeah, so it's just going to be the two of us. It's going to be kind of not a DJ set per se, but it's going to be kind of a hybrid of sorts. I don't like, you know, we're still playing mm-hmm. guitar, yeah. Have you guys done um, any other live streams so far? Yes, we did our own personal one on our own YouTube page, and we'll be doing that again too probably next month. Cool. cool. Is it, is it guys... live in there now? Oh, I'm sorry? Does it li- does it live there on your YouTube page now, so we can check it out after the fact? It, it's hidden there. I, we'll send you guys the link so you guys can view it, and we'll probably make it live again. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. And we'll, we'll also plan on doing a, another one probably with our drummer, so at least we can kind of get a full live set. Uh, probably at the end of the month, if things are still kind of going the way they are. 
Heck yeah. Just have them wear a mask. What do you guys think about Spotify and playlists and, and, you know, pushing fans to listen to that and getting into that world? I, I mean, personally, I know, I know a lot of people are not happy with the monetization of it, but for little guys like Kyle and I, I think it's great. I see it as the new MTV. Like it's a chance for us to just break out of just the mold basically. So I, I see it as kind of a, as an avenue to make more fans. Cool. On Spotify. Oh, oh, so I, mean, I wanted to add to about the whole Spotify thing, just because Spotify is primarily music focused, like MTV was. So that's that's kind of why why we kind of think it is the the new MTV, a way for bands to break out overnight, kind of thing. Yeah, if you get on the right playlist, right? Yeah, like it, yeah, yeah. If you're, it, it's a way to launch your music, and I I feel like there's not much out there that can do the same exact thing except for YouTube. But Spotify is just the music. There's no visual to it. I mean, there there is you some of the new stuff you have like little like canvases yeah but yeah. Mean, otherwise like if, if your song if you get lucky you know just like if it was an mtv you had the right music video and they will actually premiere it you could you know your career could change it could change your life yeah yeah well yeah and so how how are you trying to get into different playlists are you guys using any services or are you reaching out direct or I mean, we tried to do a lot of different things. Like there's, uh, we did like Submit Hub before, and we were successful on it, but it wasn't a really good long-term thing because once, yeah, we did, I mean, there's other uh, other services that I'm not, I'm not too two hundred percent sure of, like Playlist Push. Like I don't know how real it is. I, mm-hmm. and I, sometimes I'll even look up a, a, like a local artist or something, and they got a million monthly listeners. But it's like, man, I've been on some tours with some bands that may have twenty thousand to sixty thousand monthly listeners, and they can bring people out in every state. But this dude here in my town who has a million monthly listeners can only bring in 10 people in his own hometown. So it's like, really? Uh, yeah. So I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fakeness going on there. And so it, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a wild west thing. I, I just don't know the mystery of it. I'm just hoping well, that we get on the right playlist, like your guys saying, but I, I, there's, I don't think there's necessarily an answer. Like how do you, that's kind of by design because I mean, Spotify, I'm sure you guys already know this, but Spotify's whole thing is they didn't want, you know, back in radio days, they had this thing, there was a big uh, court case based around this concept called payola, right? So Mm -hmm. basically they'd walk into the radio stations and they'd hand the DJ some cash and say, we need you to play this record. Right. And it worked. It actually sold records and it would work for the promotion, but it was, it was basically bribery, right? So uh, Spotify makes all their playlists, whoever runs them, you can't find them, right? So that's by design, I think, to get away from that and to try to keep it from being Spamville, you know? But um, Some of the homemade, like say if someone just made a a playlist and they got like 300 followers, like a personal one, if you're actually on the uh, laptop app, I'm, I'm actually able to usually to find the person who created it yeah those ones are cool because those are just regular people but like the big mega ones you know that that'll drop you into millions of users in like a day that's the kind of you know those are the ones that they they hold pretty close to vest but um you know the good thing is that it sounds like labels have the same challenges that independent bands do it's a little bit more equalized democratic if you will oh yeah i mean with the whole official spotify playlist man I would have no idea on how to bark up that tree at all. You know, there's some resources that you can read up on. I, I, I encourage you to do that. But they say there's ways to let them know that you have songs coming out in the future because they like to know in advance. Um, 
And we, yeah, we, There's a whole would, Spotify, yeah, Spotify for artists. Yes, and I have that app, and you know, you can submit you know a song or two off each record. I, I guess if, is that the only uh, resource for Spotify playlists? For Spotify playlist stuff, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some people to know if you were if you were dialed into the world. But that's that's what I've you know that's what I've been able to find out, which is there are ways for you to submit, and they do pick them. But uh, oddly, I talked to a band the other day who said the Spotify playlist kind of wrecked them. He's uh, you know, we had a song that wasn't like a single; it was just on a record. It got added to a playlist. He's uh, it got like four million plays. He's uh, but then two months later, we were releasing our big album that we sunk everything into. We released our first single, and it gets forty thousand plays. And they didn't, they didn't want to add us to any more playlists as a follow up. He's all, it just felt really fickle, and it made like our album that we were so proud of look like a disaster since we randomly got hit on some widespread uh, playlist with a song that wasn't our best foot forward. I yeah. was like, that I have never heard that scenario, but that. That's really it's an interesting. For sure. That yeah, is. Yeah, I, I feel like I mean, you just have to roll with the punches in that situation. Just like, well, hey, at least we have some. I mean, even if it wasn't a chosen single, at <coughs> least you have a hit. You know, at least you have someone to kind of lure lure more listeners in. Absolutely, yeah. it'd is, be great if Spotify told you, oh, these six million plays came from these people and groups, so you could say, you know, target those six million people groups or whatever, and you know say hey we have a new single coming out in two months or whatever or our new singles out yeah i'm sure you can do that pay their pay their advertising yeah be the banner banner yeah. ad i mean that yeah, that, that would be right. a good idea to like kind of you know take you know those lemons and be like okay like these are the people who who are listening to this song there's a reason why they like this song and you know maybe it can influence the next record but you know i mean maybe it takes some time i've, I've heard people say you know it takes months or whatever before something gets realized and maybe something on their recent album might be picked up on a official spotify playlist and you know might turn around for them again totally. yeah i mean I, I think that it seems like from all the musicians that we talk to um you just never know when it's when the right thing will happen at the right time it's more about that like old saying about luck is just being there you know you yeah. got to just always be there always be producing new music consistently and you know it just gives you more chances it's more more lottery tickets yeah, absolutely more content maybe too just like yeah like just keep releasing stuff I, I know a lot more people focus on the singles aspect or eps people are doing smaller releases instead of a whole album you know maybe mm -hmm. you yeah. more out there and yeah kind of like playing the i think that's smart yeah it is smart. Just, the world's very it moves so quick and if you have just more reasons more real reasons to reach out it just makes more sense mm -hmm. yeah. uh you know man this is a, this has been really cool talking to you guys um you. i just want to put a little more emphasis before we wrap up here that um sleepless your new record came out last week on the 17th or this week yep yeah um, 17th yeah I've already got a tune that I dig on it, man, like big time. I'm loving yeah, Hurt No More. Oh, Hurt No More, cool. Is that, would you would you say that's your single, or what would you say is the single well, off your so new that, record? That's the second single. We released a first single called All You've Ever Dreamed Of. Hurt mm, No More was our second okay. one, and we have a third one that we're going to drop, I think, maybe sometime next week or so. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll be hearing back very soon, see if we get a placement for it. Dude, very cool. Very cool. So... 
you know, when we wrap up here, um, we like to get our fans to, you know, g- get an idea of what you guys sound like. I was going to suggest Hurt No More, but would you, what, what song do you want us to play in its, its entirety on, on the way out? Man, I, I mean, if you love Hurt No More, I'd be honored if you play it. You got it, man. Cool. <laughs> this is great. And then another thing, too, if you, if you could tell everybody where to find you, we'll, we'll put it in liner notes and uh, make it links to, to find you. Social media across almost every platform except for Twitter. So YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, it's we are the night, N-I-T-E. Mm-hmm. That's our handle. So. Cool. Excellent. All right. All right. You, guys you guys really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you you got a couple new fans out here in San Diego for sure. And uh, we're excited to see what's coming next from you guys. And we'll keep in touch. Nice. Well, hopefully we come back. We played the soda bar once. So maybe it's a reality we get to come back. Oh, man. If you do, definitely let us know. We'll be there. All right. Thank you. You got it, guys. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. Thank you. Go about her life